1: Stop. Get her. Get her Stop. Hello and welcome to another episode of Modes. I'm your host, Rachel Premack. So this past year, I would say we've been writing a lot on Freightwaves about the so-called Great Purge, the new trucking bloodbath really just trying to explore and dig in a little bit about these uh, new trucking fleets, especially on the smaller side that are getting forced out of the market amid this kind of ongoing correction um, in the trucking industry. So today we've got Professor to talk with us about some new research that he co-authored about job destruction and job dynamics in the trucking industry. So let's welcome in our guest, Jonathan Fairs from Iowa State University. Jonathan, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, Rachel. It's great to be here.
1: Yeah. So your research that you co-authored with Jason Miller of Michigan State and Stephen Burks of the University of Minnesota Morris found that younger carriers have a much higher job destruction rate compared to older firms. And you sent along this really great chart. If we get that on the screen... Um, so in 2020, you wrote to me that around 32% of four-hire carriers failed during their first year of operation. And then of those that survived that first year, 18% of those carriers failed during their second year of operation. Obviously, you know, 2020, not a, a bit an atypical year for trucking, but why is it that these um small trucking firms tend to have such a higher rate of exit compared to older ones?
0: Well, it's it's kind of interesting because the advantage that small trucking firms have over the older trucking firms, or small and younger trucking firms have over the older trucking firms, is that they tend to be nimbler, so they can um, move with the dynamics of the market a little better. Um, They can change their strategy um, as necessary. Uh, They tend to have a bit more um, flexible human resources structure. Uh, And they they have an incentive to grow. However, on the flip side is being small and young, they tend to also have a, a failure to understand their own cost structure, so how should they price uh, their freight um, other than just taking the, the market rates. Um, they have challenges with understanding how to sell their services to um, shippers who may be hesitant uh, because these small and young carriers uh, don't have a great track record yet that they can um, use as a selling point to shippers. And then sometimes, often we see that they have um, issues with making contingency plans in the event that loads uh, decline. And so as volume decreases for them, they don't have a lot of other options because they may have um, had challenges with getting uh, solid contracts with uh, consistent shippers, or um, they may have challenges with uh, as I mentioned earlier, being able to sell uh, their service to begin with.
1: so, and just to just to check, your research uh, that you were part of, this was this really was concerning small fleets, not so much the owner operator side, really just like how how many drivers would these fleets have to employ in order to be part of of this, uh, you know sample that you gathered?
0: Sure. So we do have owner operators within the data because they are establishments to start. But then what we're looking at is those um, those carriers that have grown. So a uh, an owner operator in one year may add you know additional drivers or a you know, clerk or someone to help bring in more um, more freight. And so we are pre- predominantly looking at. Uh, carriers that are not owner operators anymore that are actually um, growing over time and the number of trucks and drivers that they're employing.
1: Okay. All right. And then another interesting finding from your research was that one year old carriers create jobs almost 37% more rapidly than five year old firms. So it's almost like it's easy or maybe easier to find a job at one of these smaller, younger firms, but you know, in a year or two, you might find yourself out of a job, I guess. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this dynamic where there's a lot of new jobs being created by these young firms and old and jobs being destroyed by these young firms.
0: Sure. So the the first point you made about how it may be easier to find a job with these smaller carriers that comes from um, a number of, of fa- uh, facets is that, you know, these smaller carriers are hungry and they're trying to grow. Uh, so, they want to hire uh, more drivers to bring in more freight. Uh, but then they have those more flexible human resources uh, structures. So, they're maybe a little bit more willing to take a chance on uh, a newer driver or a younger driver um, who may not be um, nearly as appealing to a larger carrier that hasn't paid for their, um, uh, their training. Okay. I'm sorry. What's we'll the-, the second part of your question?
1: Really, um, I mean, I, I think you basically answered what I was hoping to learn about just just how these jobs are like. It's kind of an easy in, easy out situation. I feel like that yeah. training part is an interesting side of you know, you like a, a lot of these jobs or a lot of these loads that you probably carry for you know any sort of trucking company or any sort of broker. Um, there are certain requirements you have to have six months in, on on your driving record or even two years or more than, you know, several years. So if you're someone who's just, just starting, maybe you don't want to work for, you know, a mega fleet in particular, it seems like working for one of these smaller, newer, less established firms is the best way to go if you're just looking for a job.
0: It's certainly an option. These smaller carriers are going to tend to be uh, a bit more personal um, with the employees that they have. Uh, But again, it comes with the risk of uh, the carrier not existing within a couple of years. So again, it comes back to the kind of the balance of what the drivers are trying to get out of their uh, career. Are they trying to? you know, get out on the road, see the country, and um, you know, make some money in the process. Or are they trying to you know, stay close to home, uh, work with a carrier who you know the the owner or the operator um, you know has a bit more of a um, cares a bit more for the driver themselves um, and how they're doing and you know how successful that they are.
1: What would you say kind of sets apart the carriers that you know fail in that first one to you know first or second year versus the ones that make it to year five, year ten and beyond?
0: Well, so first of all, it would be kind of the opposite of what I already mentioned as to why these carriers fail. Um, having a really good understanding of your business, of you know your pricing your expenses how to manage those expenses not taking on a lot of debt um on the front end if possible um and then beyond that being able to uh, find shippers that are willing to uh, take a chance on small carriers that don't have a great track record uh those carriers are going to be very successful so if you have a uh, drivers or or um, owners who may have worked previously for you know the mega carriers, uh, trying to bring over that uh, experience into the sales pitch is going to be useful. Uh, finding your way into a platform like uh, Uber Freight or Shipper, or excuse me, um, Carrier Three Hundred and Sixty from JB Hunt. Uh, will give you the opportunity to access more loads without a lot of overhead. Uh, But then, uh, to be honest, there's there's a potential that there's a fair bit of luck associated with it as well, Um, because these uh, load volumes are often contingent on shippers' success. So if you're in an economic downturn, uh, going to work for a small young shipper or starting up, or excuse me, small young carrier or starting up a new carrier, uh, that may be the worst time uh, to do such things, uh, because we can see load volumes going down, and and that's what we've seen in the market over the last couple of years is that uh, capacity has been so tight and freight rates have just they've skyrocketed. Then you have so many new establishments uh, setting up to try to take advantage of those uh, market rates, but the very act of these carriers uh, starting up adds capacity and alleviates the constraints that were causing the high rates. And so then you start to see a decline in uh, the you see a decline in the contract rates, or excuse me, the Um, spot rates that these small shippers are chasing after. You also potentially see, as we're going to be seeing coming into this um, uh, recession, you'll see a decline in load volumes altogether, and it's going to be those small carriers that are going to be unable to um, continue to operate in the absence of that volume and those high market rates. That the larger carriers will be able to weather the storm, uh, so to speak, for at least a period of time uh, before they're in trouble and start having to um, cut jobs. And so there's a, there's just a lot of luck as, as to when you start your carrier and when you go to work for a carrier and what the volume is looking like in these macroeconomic factors.
1: Okay, that makes that makes sense. And yo. What kind of net? What kind of network you have? What kind of connections you've made? You know, you could say that's luck. You say that's work. But you know, I, th- I feel like the, those also all kind of play into that. So we when we talked a few weeks ago, you were t- we kind of stumbled on this on this topic where a medium size or a large carrier, they're not necessarily just going to go bankrupt and you know everyone's lo- losing their jobs. It's more likely that a mid-sized or large fleet would instead get acquired or you know you know join a larger a larger more uh financially healthy fleet. Can you talk a little bit about that and why that's maybe one reason why we don't see the same amount of job destruction in large fleets or medium-sized fleets?
0: Absolutely. We've seen we've seen this play over and over uh where carry larger you know, mid to large size carriers as they, um, you know, kind of put out the flag that says, hey, we can't cover our expenses anymore. Uh, We're failing. Uh, You'll see these um, mega carriers come in and, um, you know, buy up their assets, buy up their business. And, you know, few of those jobs are actually destroyed. Whereas with the small carrier, uh, there's nobody waiting to swoop in and um, consume their business because they don't have very much business. And so when um, you know, the small carriers start to uh, fail, they just, they just fail and the jobs uh, go away. There is at some point some other carrier probably going to come and you know, pick up that capacity, but uh, we don't see that same type of merger and acquisition activity happening for those small carriers. But you've seen over and over, we've seen uh, these large carriers start to merge to try to grow revenue and uh, gain economies and scale, and so it makes a lot of sense for these large carriers to do those things.
1: Okay. And is there anything different this time around with this current, you know, recession and slowdown in the trucking industry, or do you kind of foresee the same sort of dynamics where small fleets will fail, folks will? You know, lose their jobs, or is there anything, anything different with this particular downturn in trucking we're seeing, and how that might affect small fleets?
0: It it seems like it's going to be following similar trends. Uh, We have seen uh, carriers that um, have these mid to large carriers, uh, a notable one shut operations uh, just a couple months ago. Uh, and that business was consumed pretty immediately. So that that looks like it's going to be following along the same route. Um, I've been keeping an eye, although it's not a carrier; it's a broker. I've been keeping an eye on C. Robinson, but they're they're going through, you know, a relatively similar type of situation where um, their their market their rates went down, their expenses have stayed high, and they have. Uh, had to make a lot of cuts in staffing. Uh, we'll see that likely trickle to their, um, you know, tens of thousands of carriers that they're uh, contracted with as well. That will, you know, would have likely been depending on some of that volume that they might not have anymore because they, can't, you know, have been unable to manage their expenses. Uh, but then these small carriers we're, were likely to see the exact same type of uh, trend occur during this recession as we have in uh, previous recessions where uh, they will try to hang on as long as they can to um, keep operating, uh, try to cover their expenses. They'll take the market rates until those market rates uh, match what their expenses are and then maybe even a little bit lower in hopes that they'll be able to continue to operate but it's not likely that they will be able to, and so we'll start to see that those small and young carriers uh, go out of business as well.
1: Hmm. I'm curious to what extent, and you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago. To what extent can the trucking industry operate without these types of you know small new fleets that you know maybe move loads you know below the cost or at cost? It just it kind of strikes me that it would be challenging for this industry to exist or to, you know, exist at the current co- cost structures and payments that it's at if there weren't, you know, this this large chunk of carriers, of small carriers that are willing to move loads at or below cost, especially during, you know, tight economic times like what we're seeing right now. Um, yeah, I'm just curious to what extent do you think it's um, possible for, what what would trucking look like if it weren't for this large uh section of the market that's willing to move yeah. freight at or below cost?
0: I think it would be um it would be quite challenging to watch. Uh you have these small carriers who, you know, if they were not entering the market chasing the high rates and then ultimately taking the low rates, um, we might see actually the price of freight be very high for Sustained periods of time Uh, because it's it's these small carriers who are coming in and are causing the rates to go down, and then have to, by extension, take these uh, low rates. And I don't want to say that it's, you know, this problem of rates going down is the fault of small carriers. It's just economic, uh, you know, theories that as you add more capacity to the market, then the price will go down. And that's, that happens. And what we see with the larger carriers is um, they tend to add more jobs later uh, because they are trying to capitalize on those high rates. And then they'll start to um, uh, you know, create jobs when they feel like those high rates are, are going to be around for a while whereas the smaller carriers uh, may be chasing after these um, high rates and trying to get in there very quickly and um, kind of tend to uh, flood the market. And so when they flood the market, though, they are going to take those, um, those break-even rates a lot more than the large carriers are because the large 4 higher carriers are also out there um, building contracts with shippers long-term contracts where um, as the spot rates fluctuate they're still covering their costs for the most part with these contracts the uh, small carriers don't have the ability to do that because again they're having trouble getting business to begin with let alone selling themselves as a reliable carrier that a shipper can depend on long term so it's, it really is to the benefit of these large carriers. These small carriers are there kind of taking whatever they can get, basically, mm. uh, whereas the larger carriers have the ability to pick and choose a little bit more, and it keeps the freight moving.
1: It's interesting. You You mentioned the idea of rates being, you know, keeping at this sustained high level and also, I definitely want to dig into what you were also saying about you know larger carriers being able to pick and choose. Um, I a few years ago, I think it was like 2019 or something. I talked to your co-author Stephen Burks about you know the the truck driver shortage uh, conversation, and you know one one thought he proposed of how to you know permanently fix the retention issue, how to you know basically make the driver job a little bit more easy easy to do more you know more of a, a a friendly job essentially for people to hold on to is just by uh it would require you know in addition to requiring you know pay in general to raise it would also just require the cost of everything to be more expensive because there's got to be some way to offset um you know some of the changes that would need to happen in trucking in order for people to happily take on these jobs for decades and decades and for for people to stay in those jobs um so yeah it's it's interesting to think about basically the the way to fix some of these issues would just be by making everything more expensive which is probably not the answer people want but that kind of seems like that's unfortunately the kind of the best solution i've i've come across
0: yeah, Steve and I have talked about these uh, situations. You know, we're co-authoring in a couple other papers as well, and one of the things I'd like to point out is that we're we're talking about different issues here. We're talking, you know, the issue that you bring up with what Steve has discussed with you is about how you retain drivers um, in in the trucking uh, workforce, whereas the issue that we are we been talking about is carriers, um, you know, going out of business or growing, uh, certainly those carriers that want to grow are doing whatever they can to retain the drivers as much as possible. But the challenge here is that, um, (coughs) you have to have, uh, work for your drivers in order to retain them. If you do not have work, uh, you can't pay them. Uh, and so when you know you have these business cycles you know, go to a downturn and uh, the economy starts to tank and loads, uh, market rates go down and load volumes go down, um, there's nothing. You, you're at that point not worried about driver turnover and how you're going to retain drivers. You're worried about how are you going to maintain solvency and continue to operate and so that's a real challenge in trucking because it's it you know and as steve will tell you it's a near perfect competition there's not a there's not a lot of opportunity for carriers to raise rates beyond the market because there's always going to be some other carrier that will step in with a lower rate and take the volume so it, it's the you know i have other research that uh, talks about um the importance of you know paying drivers not only more but paying them more than uh, you know the competitive markets like construction, mining, manufacturing. Um, mm. You know that is important, but it has to be a whole market shift. It can't be just individual carriers within the market because if if they raise prices, mm-hmm. they'll just be priced out. Uh, yeah, so that's a real challenge. So, there are certainly things that we can do to help reduce turnover when uh, we have uh, the freight to support uh, maintaining and retaining drivers. When mm-hmm. that freight disappears, though, uh, all of these turnover and retention issues kind of go out the door because there's just nothing you can do to to keep them on your staff, even if those drivers wanted to stay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. That's a, that's interesting. Yeah. I I should, I should have Steven on to talk out talk about some of the other, you know, retention and turnover. So there's definitely a lot more for us to dig into, but we've got just a minute left in this conversation. I know you have another working paper coming out soon. Can you share, what can you share about that? What should we be looking out uh, next from you?
0: Sure. So in in the, the next paper that we're uh, preparing to submit, uh, we're looking at that derived demand again. So how do these industries uh, generate freight for trucking and thus increase trucking employment? But with an interesting dynamic that there are certain industries that they depend on the capacity from these four higher carriers. And so they, as they grow their, um, uh, freight volumes, uh, help generate, uh, uh, freight capacity, but then are also in these compound relationships with these carriers and that they're also sometimes competing with the carriers for the workforce because they have their own private fleets that they're trying to operate. And so, We look at that dynamic and um, have some pretty interesting findings about how uh, different industries generate uh, employment and trucking differently because of these compound relationships where sometimes uh, you're generating demand that needs capacity to meet that demand, and sometimes you're poaching these drivers from the four hire carriers to fill your private fleet.
1: Hmm. Okay, sounds like sounds like we'll need to have you back on once that paper comes out. Jonathan, thanks so thank much for joining person. Modes and uh, hope to see you again on here soon. And thank it's you everyone fun. for joining the show and uh, for tuning in. hour. <laughs> the- you yeah, stop